Hello, everybody. My name is Pastor Keon Henderson, and after a much-needed few weeks, I want to thank all of our campus pastors and some of our leaders for carrying the torch for me. But we're back. We're at the top of August 2022, another episode of Take Action. And this one is significant because this is our 32nd episode together. That's right. It's our 32nd episode. And I want to use this front part of this time we have together to kind of explain what we've been doing over the past several months building up to what we have today. Uh, in numerology, the number 32 is associated with creativity and spiritual growth. And that's what we've really been on, a spiritual growth journey together. And it was born out of the pandemic. You know, we used to have Bible study every Tuesday. The building closed down. Uh, we would have about five, six on a good Tuesday, 700 people in person at a Bible study. Then we took it online. We found out that we could reach thousands at a time. And so we opted to make sure that we continue to bring you the word in a way that we could reach all of the people who are connected to our ministry throughout the world. And let me tell you, I thank you so much. As we get ready to teach, I want to let you know what this is morphing into. You see, we believe here at Take Action or the Lighthouse Church that the church must go beyond the walls. Uh, I heard it said not too long ago that the church has left the building. And the two things that we're doing through our Take Action initiative is number one, we're giving sizable donations to our Dream Center here in the Houston area. Here in the Houston area, the Humble area, the Sugarland area, the Katy area, the Pearland area, and the downtown area, uh, there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of young adults and youth that are in need of facilities where they can learn science, technology, engineering, English, math, agriculture, uh, aviation. Uh, we're involved in all of those things. And here at the Dream Center, we're going to be taking thousands of kids annually through that process. But we're not just in Judea. We're also in Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. And recently, my wife and I had an opportunity to go to the island of Anguilla. And we saw a piece of property with kids on that property uh, who were literally running around in a decrepit yard, if you will, with glass and rocks. Uh, we saw stray dogs, barbed wire fencing. Uh, it was nothing that you would want your children to be running around with no shoes. And so I, I was impressed to do something about it, but I rolled past it. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, I missed my exit by accident, made a U-turn and came around. And would you have it right there on the corner was a store called the Lighthouse Market. It was then I knew that God was saying this is a place where you need to have impact. And so we're taking on the clarion call and it is a, it is a multiple six figure project. We're going to rebuild that part for those children. So we're going to be doing it here uh, in our local city and we're going to be doing it there. And I know I know some of you all are going to say, well, what about. New York and what about Barbados and what about Trinidad and what about Africa and what about and what about and I know that we can't be in all of those places at the same time but if you will help me in this take action initiative we will be there just in time making a difference in the community that you believe in and so as you give you can give your tithes and offering through our text to give you can give it through our website you can give it through our app you can do all of those things you want that goes to the maintenance of our church, to the outreaches of our church, 
But if you want to help me to carry this gospel just a little bit further and go all around the world and be able to say, yes, the church has in fact left the building and we can do things that are not just specific to the local assembly, then I need you to do me a couple of favors. I need you to, number one, to download the Givelify app. I want you to download the Givelify app. And uh, when you do that, you type in Take Action or my name and you will see your ability to give there. You can also go to takeaction.org. That's our website. And I want to give you all of this because I know we don't like to change platforms. I know we like to be uh, within the things that we are accustomed to. But if you'll just take the time to do it right now, in these few moments that we're talking, you won't ever have to do it again. So download the Givelify app. Go to takeaction.org. And they're putting all of this up on the screen as I'm saying it so that you can see it and not have to remember it. Download the Givelify app. Go to takeaction.org. Or number three, if you'll text a giver, I want you to text TA, which is for Take Action, to 832-924-0443. And as I and our team begin to dig wells in areas that need water, in our ministry, as we go around the world being effective, grace will abound to your account. And you're asking yourself, what are you getting in exchange for that? Well, there's a few things you're getting. Number one, you're getting the satisfaction that you're operating in the gift that God has given you and you're being a blessing to someone else. The next thing you're going to get, which is which I think is more important or not as important, but equally as important is I'm getting ready to give you more tips and tools on how to enhance your life. You see, we're going to exchange. Galatians says, let the one that is communicated to communicate also in, in all good things. And so I'm going to communicate with you a word today that I believe that if you apply to every area of your life, you're going to see transformation on a level that you haven't seen it. And I am telling you this firsthand that I have applied these principles that I am getting ready to teach to you and they have transformed my entire life. As I said, this is our 32nd episode together and we're talking about 32 being a numerological uh, numerological number and that number Uh, In numerology means creativity and spiritual growth. Now, how many parents or leaders or teachers do I have watching me right now? How many of you all have your own business? I don't care if you're, you're the only employee. I don't care if you have two employees, three team members. Uh, It it doesn't matter if you work at Taco Bell, McDonald's, or you work at Chevron or AT&T or Verizon. If you are a leader, you have probably said this before, even to your children, especially if you are in an urban setting, you've said these words. If I have to tell you one more time, every one of y'all just who are listening to me, you've heard that before. Your mama's told you that. Your father, your uncle, your grandmother, your coach, your teacher, somebody has said to you, If I tell you one more time, here's the second one. How many leaders watching me have ever felt like you've repeated yourself to your team or your tribe over and over and over again? And this is what we say when we get tired of repeating ourselves. We say, you know what? If you want it done right, you might as well do it yourself. Let me tell you something. I believe that those are the final words of any corporation, any family any ministry, any opportunity that God has given you to take to the next level, when you subside in your mind 
that you have to be the one to do it and that it will only be right if you do it and you don't learn the art of delegating and allowing for mistakes and for garnering responsibility, you have just short-circuited the power of the ministry, the business, or the tool that God gave you to make an impact, and it will never go any further than you can take it. You know, I was told once when I was starting this church that I had to learn to delegate because a pastor doing everything himself can only effectively lead 250 people, and that's a stretch. Well, we have about 15,000 people who call this their church. Imagine how many funerals I would miss if I didn't have team members. Imagine how many weddings there would be no representation for if I didn't have a team. Imagine how many things would go unnoticed. And let me tell you, we still miss things, and we employ nearly 60 to 70 people in a full-time setting, and we still miss things on a monthly basis. We're still striving to get it right. And so I'm going to share with you what I've shared with our team, not only in the church side, but in my business endeavors, that these are the six steps that will lead you from talking to taking action. I hope this is going to help you today. These are the six things that will lead you from just talking to take an action. Are you ready? Number one. Proverbs 21 and five is your first verse. Proverbs 21 and five is your first verse. And here's what it says. The plans of the diligent lead to abundance. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Listen. That's worth the gigabytes you just spent out of your phone plan to sit with me for these few moments already. I promise you, once I unpack this, step one, listen to me, I hear this in the spirit. Step one is about to make you 5% more effective, even if you don't follow the next five. Here is number one. If you're going to move from talking to taking action, you must write your action steps down. Write your action steps. Write your goals. You have to write them. Listen to me. I didn't say type them. I didn't say voice text them. I didn't say transcribe them. I didn't say voice speak them. I was very specific in my language. Actually writing, not on your iPad, unless it's with a pencil, but I am actually talking about the exercise of writing. Why? Because writing is one of the few functions where all parts of your brain are actively engaged. And as a result of writing, your efficiency is thereby boosted. And the reason is that writing by hand Activates a part of the brain called the RAS or the A of the RAS, the RAS, RAS. And here's what it is, the reticular activating system. When you're writing the RAS, the activating system in your mind is thereby awakened and the RAS prioritizes and stimulates the entire brain, which contributes to the memory And anything you remember, you repeat. 
It's like your favorite movie. When your brain was activated, you remember that part in your favorite movie and you can say it in the same voice as the actor or actress. Why? Because it was something about that 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 got your mind working. You'll you'll miss so much of the movie. Other people remember certain parts. It depends on what activated you. And so when the RAS is activated, the the RAS, uh, it prioritizes what requires immediate focus and filters out everything else. So in other words, when you write, you're telling your brain, this is more important than my distraction. When you write, you're telling your brain, this is more important than my fear. When you write, you're telling your brain, this is more important, don't get mad at me, than my excuses. The Bible says in Habakkuk 2 and verse 2, write the vision and make it plain. God didn't say speak the vision. He didn't say contemplate the vision. He didn't say put it in your subconscious. He said write the vision because even he knew that there is something about writing that helps a man or woman get the job done. I am telling you right now that more than likely the only things you will accomplish on a high level are the things that you take time to write down. If you keep it in your head, I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm not saying it won't happen. But for all of us regular people, I'm not talking to you geniuses. I'm not talking to all of you high IQ people. I'm not talking to all of you people who have uh, PhDs and, and ABCs and, and, and CBDs and all of that stuff you got. I'm, I'm not talking about you genius people who, who graduated valedictorian. I'm talking about people who wanted to drop out of math in the, in, in the 11th grade. I'm talking about people who, who went to college and found the easiest major you could so that you can just get a degree. I'm talking to people who are just uh, one mistake away from not even having a job. Any, any regular people watching me, people who still wake up in the middle of the night talking about what's my vision, what should I do? I'm talking about people whose paychecks are already gone before you even get the direct deposit. To all of us who are trying to go to the next level, I'm telling you how to separate yourself from your previous self and you're going to have to learn to write. Put a notepad by your bed and when you wake up in the morning, write, write, turn the television off at night and write and write. And let me tell you something. When you're watching TV, you're only making writers rich. The actors are reading the script, something somebody wrote. You must become a writer. The Bible. God could have downloaded it in all of our minds. Do you know how powerful the brain is? There's enough memory up here to remember every word in the word of God. And God could have downloaded that in us. But you know what he did? He wrote it. He inspired writers to write it because he knows there is something about the written word that inspires creativity. If you're going to take action, you have to become a writer. Number two, is that good? Did that help you? All right, number two, after you write your action steps, you're gonna have to be very careful with this, 
and schedule your action steps. Because if you don't schedule it, you're going to try to do everything at the same time. And if you are the jack of all trades, you are the master of none. You have to schedule them. Now, I'm going to give you my personal growth track. When I write a plan, I spend three to six weeks just thinking about it. Now, if you have no patience, you can't dream with me. Because I'm not going to dream today and wake up tomorrow and just go rent the space and buy all of the equipment because I had an idea 24 hours ago. I'm going to write it and then I'm going to think about it. And then somebody's going to say something like this to you. You better strike while the iron is hot. If you keep your own fire, you can heat it up if it cools down. You have to think. The Bible says think on these things. Look at how in, in intricate this is. Just taking a break after you start the vision. Jesus is born. We hear about him in Bethlehem. We don't hear again about him until he's two. Then we don't hear from him again until he's 12. Then we don't hear from him again until he is 30. And by the time he's 33, he's dead. Do you know there isn't a lot of action recorded in the life of Jesus except those three years? There is not much other than birth and getting lost. <laughs> and we know he was a carpenter. We know he worked in there. But for 30 years, he was baking his vision. Do you understand? The importance of taking time to allow the vision to take root and to take hold. I say three to six weeks just thinking about the goals. And then I want you to write this scripture down. Proverbs 17, 27 through 28. And I'm reading in the English Standard Version of the Bible. It says, whoever restrains his words has knowledge and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Here's my favorite part. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Do you understand what I am telling you? When you get a dream and a vision, sit on it three to six weeks. Just don't tell nobody. Don't post it on Instagram. Don't tweet it. Don't TikTok it. Just Sit on it. Just disappear for a few moments. Just write it down and let it sink in your head. Because even he who is a fool but quiet is thought to be wise. So once you do that, from there, I want you to create time frames. Here are the personal time frames that I use. I have short term goals that I believe that I can accomplish them in six to 12 months. Six to 12 months. Now this is, this is the action list that you have, right? Six to 12 months. From there, I want you to move to your midterm goals, which you can categorize between one to five years. And then your long-term goals which are five years or longer. Let me say Jesus again took 33 years to accomplish his ultimate goal, 
which, which was to be sacrificed and crucified on the cross. Now, I know some people say, no, Reverend, that's heresy. Jesus did his whole ministry in three years. That's true. But if he was never born, he couldn't have ministered. So then birth had to be a part of the plan. Does that make sense? So you can't squish all of his work into three years. That's the part he wanted you to see. But the other 30 years. He did it in silence. He did it in carpentry school. He did it in his parents' house. He did it at the temple. Does this make sense to you? So he had to be born. He had to be small. He could fit in a manger. This is why Zechariah 4 and 10 says, despise not small beginnings. Listen to me. Everybody wants to be successful, but every plan must first be born. If you skip birth, you'll never get to development. It's got to be small to become big. And you can't despise the days where nobody attends your church. You cannot despise the days where nobody's walking through the front door of your ministry or your building or, or your business or your salon or your, your, your bakery shop. You, you can't despise those days because it's, it is those days of lack that will give you the courage to get to the tipping point. So you got to write your action steps. You have to schedule, schedule your action steps. Is this helping you? Because I'm about to give you the third one. This one is probably harder than the first two. Maybe the hardest out of all six. Are you ready for number two? Number three, I should say. Here it is. Be present. <laughs> oh, pastor, this sermon is getting boring now. That's, that's kind of simple. Yeah, yeah, I, I, would, I, would, I, would just, I would just urge you not to turn it off right now. I, I would urge you to stick in here just for a few more moments because most people will miss their window of opportunity to prematurely, prematurely walk through the door of success. Let me say that again. Most people will miss their window of opportunity trying to prematurely walk through the door of success. Matthew 6 and 34 says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Why are you worried about tomorrow? Tomorrow is tomorrow's responsibility. The only time you have is a gift, which is why we call it the present. You have to harness being present. Some of you all are watching me right now, but you're going to miss this because you're trying to hear me and do two other things. You think you're getting everything out of this because you're listening to this while you're cooking. But when you read that recipe, you missed something. You think you're getting the most out of this while you're trying to be a parent. And I'm not against that. Go ahead and be a good parent. But right now, you might need to pause this and come back later. Because you cannot be divided. A house divided against itself will surely fall. A man with two divisions is a man who has division, division. Two, you have to be focused on this. All throughout scripture, I never saw Jesus healing a man while conducting his disciples. 
I, 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 always, I always saw him say, you know what? To one thing, uh, miss me with that. I got, I got to be over here right now. I know I'm at this wedding feast, but I got to be focused on the people who carry in these water pots. I know I know I got to get to the 5,000, not including the women and children. But before I get to the 5,000, I got to focus on a little boy with two pieces of fish and five loaves of bread. You have to be able to focus in chaos. And you have to be present. I once climbed a table mountain in Cape Town, South Africa. Um. Was it smart? I don't know. I mean, I abseiled off the side of it 600 feet. I was so high at one point that I was above the clouds. The clouds were beneath my feet. And I abseiled off the side of Table Mountain all the way until I hit ground. Ladies and gentlemen, in the heat of South Africa, in one of the most beautiful places on earth, I climbed back up Table Mountain without a tour guide. <laughs> I almost got lost. When I got back up to the top, the man looked at me and he said, did you see the wildlife? Did you see the apes and, and the monkeys that were uh, in the bushes? I said, no, uh, there, were, there were none. He laughed at me. He said, <laughs> you didn't see them, but they saw you. I was sweating when I got up there. In those days, true religion was the it gene. I had my true religion pants and shirt on, the flannel shirt. I had to use it as a handkerchief to wipe the sweat from my head. I never once stubbed my toe. I never once got a scratch on my arm. I had no injuries. You know why? Because I was focused. Meanwhile, in my bedroom, I know where the bed is. I know where the couch is. I know where the seat is, but I can't tell you how many times I hit my toe trying to go to the bathroom in the dark. Why? Because when you're getting up in the morning, you don't have focus. Isn't it amazing that I could climb a mountain and risk death and injury and come away unharmed, but I, I cannot always avoid harm in a bedroom that is still and set, that I know the layout with my eyes closed. Why? Because in one environment, I'm focused, and in another environment, I am not. And let me tell you, every time you've been injured, it is a possibility you are unfocused. And I'm not talking about what happened to you. I'm talking about the unforced errors. The things that could have been avoided if you were just present. Can I tell you something? Multitasking is a man-made task. Show me in the Bible what Jesus multitasked. When he created light, he didn't do nothing else that day. When he created man, he didn't do anything else that day. We have a focus, God. When he was resting, he didn't try to sneak a side job in the whole day. He rested. Multitasking is a man-made concept. And the reason some people cannot stay focused is because they do not like where they are. And they fantasize about where they could be. But listen to me. If you skip today and you are already in tomorrow, you are already where you will be. <laughs> because if you skip today, I know the Bible was true. I read it to you. Tomorrow takes care of. Tomorrow. So if you skip today trying to get 
to tomorrow, then today cannot have its perfect work. And you can never have a tomorrow until you survive today. So you have to be present right now. Listening to me, you can't have your mind on your doubts. You got to have your mind on what I'm saying. You can't let the enemy speak to you about what can't be and what's too hard and what you don't have. You got to block all of that out and say, you know what? This is a new day. It's a new season. I'm going to write my goals. I'm going to schedule them and I'm going to be present. That's all I know. Am I helping anybody? You have to understand that tomorrow needs today to conclude before it can start. Be present. Number four, be accountable to other people. If you tell a bunch of people what you're going to do after you write it, after you schedule it, after you learn to be present, if you tell a bunch of people what you're going to do, it's hard for you not to do it because most people do not like disappointing people they share their dreams with. You're going to have to go out on a limb and say, you know what? This is what I'm going to do, and I need you to hold me accountable to it. Because one of man's primal fears is to, dis to disappoint people. We don't like to disappoint people. John 2 and 19 says, Jesus answered them and said, destroy this temple. And I will raise it again in three days. Jesus has just put himself on the hook. Now he got to get up. Because he just told people that he was going to get up. This is the same philosophy that I believe that Jesus used when he sent the disciples out two by two. He sent them out because he knew that if he sent them out two by two, they would hold each other accountable. You need an accountability partner. You need somebody who will tell you, uh, bro, you say it, sister, girl, you say it. You need somebody who's not just impressed with you. You need somebody you're accountable to. Number five. Be accountable to you. You got to learn to be accountable to yourself, because in the long run, a more consistent and healthier way of developing your dreams and taking action. Is to answer to you. Don't let you be lazy. Don't let you take the shortcut. Don't let you not write the vision. Don't let you not schedule the vision. Don't let you not be focused. Don't let you not have accountability partners. You are responsible for you. You got to set standards for yourself. You got to set protocol for you. That's why Jesus said in John 9 and 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day for the night is coming when no man can work. Just write this down. You have to be able to trust you. If you can't trust you, why should anybody else be able to trust you? If you won't show up for you, why should I trust you to show up for me? If you don't have your back, why should she believe you will have hers? Be accountable to you. Let's finish this up. Number six. Oh, man. This is a good one. Focus 
on how instead of if. This is a big one. I want you to change your vernacular and change your language. My mother used to say, son, if if was a fifth, we all be drunk. Everybody got ifs. Don't worry about ifs. I want you to worry about hows. What ifs can mess with your mind, ladies and gentlemen? Talking about, I'm talking to all of my people who are taking action now, who are not going to hold off starting that business another year. You got three to six weeks and this thing has got to get off of the ground. You're going to have to write it. You're going to have to schedule it. You're going to have to focus on it. You're going to have to be present. You're going to have to be accountable to others. You're going to have to be accountable to yourself. And you're going to start saying how and not if. You can spend days, weeks, or even years thinking about what may happen if you take action. You know, I heard it said this way, that you can actually feel a thousand deaths before one shows up because most people anticipate failure and failure doesn't even have your address. It doesn't even know where you live. You have to find failure in order for it to find you because you're a winner in Jesus. You already have the victory. So instead of letting your mind get lost in what ifs, I want you to focus on how. In a situation, focus on how you can do something, not if you can do it. How you can solve a problem or achieve a goal. Do some research if you need to. Or get support and help from other people. How brings you into a positive mindset. If brings you into a negative mindset. I'll finish by giving you this scripture. Philippians 4 and 13. You've heard it before. You probably know it by heart, but I'm going to give you another way of thinking about it. Because we're talking about focus on what? Hows and not ifs. I can do all things through Christ. Let's slice it up. I can do all things. If I can do all things, how? Through Christ. If you focus on the how, I gave you six steps to go from talking to taking. Pastor, why six? Because six is the number of man. On the sixth day, God created man, and in Genesis chapter 6, the word man is used six times. So the reason why I gave you six is to say, man, you can do it. One man, you can do it. If you do these six things, you will look up and you will discover that you have moved from talking to taking, and you will have everything that God has promised you. I hope this word helps you. This is our 32nd episode. You probably need to watch this, rewatch it, because I promise you, you have missed a few steps. Don't forget, if you're just tuning in, we told you about our vision. If you get an opportunity, go back and watch the first five minutes of this if you tuned in after we started. I gave the vision of Take Action. 
We talked about how we're going to help people here in the Houston area and on the island of Anguilla, how we're going to rebuild this park for these children who are right now playing in a park that's not suitable for anybody's child to play in. And we're going to make a difference there. And after we make a difference there, I need you to help me go around the world. And let me tell you where this vision came from. My wife and I went on a honeymoon. And I took pictures of every place that we went. We didn't go one place, ladies and gentlemen, where there was not a lighthouse. And the Lord told me, he said, you know what? You may not have physical lighthouse churches all over the world, but you can put things lighthouse alike in every country around the world. And I need you to help me there. Any dollar amount of any size, let the Lord speak to your heart. As long as you do it every week and as long as you do it consistently, we can help the lives of children all over the world and help teenagers to get into the workforce with technology and all of the things that our Take Action Now nonprofit will do. You can text TA to 832-924-0443. Please go to takeaction.org and you'll see our vision and mission statement right there. And then go download the Givelify app. If you're not a text giver and you like to give electronically, make sure you download that and we will make a difference. And I will always be transparent with you as I have over the last 27 years of my ministry. God bless you. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week.